G'day and welcome to the pod pod. It's your boy Dossie talking AFL fantasy on this Monday night, August 21st, 2023. It is grand final week. The Lux is on the line. Hats are up for grabs. We have two trades left that could change absolutely everything. And to walk us through all the hot topics, trade options, everything else ahead of round 24, we have a duo of two-time top 10 finishers. Of course, I'm talking about John Harmy and Kyle Holmes. And of course, the ever-consistent top 1,000 finisher. We've got Louie in the house. I'll start with you, Lou. The man has had a few beverages today, so he said not to throw to him as much as possible. So we're going to throw to him as much as possible. <laughs> Louie, how you going, mate? Yeah, early lunch with a client was a good one, so um, I'll do my best to get through this. But twenty four fifty five, I think that streak's going to be over unless I pull one out my ass next week with about a six thousand score. So my rank at the moment is two thousand seventy. Hopefully we can uh, we can get rid of that too because I have had a bit of a pourer last two weeks and I've jumped back out probably about four hundred spots, but. Uh, still not a bad uh, score, twenty four fifty five. I think that was about par for the round. So it's uh, it's quite unbelievable how high some of the teams out there can score when it comes to round twenty three footy. Yeah, not too bad for you there, Lou, though, and you're going to have to bring out some huge trades to finish off your season strongly, and hopefully we can walk through a few of those options tonight. Holmesy, bit of a score and a rank from you, mate, and how are you after a big weekend of footy? Yeah, good, thanks, Dossie boy. Uh not too bad. I think a bit like Louis, I was, I was about par this week, so I actually added 2472. Uh, I think that brought my ranking up about 30 spots, so barely moved. Still sitting at around 6'6". Six, six. Uh, would be nice for a real good finish uh, to get rid of that six. But, yeah, looking forward to the end of the season and, and planning for next year. It's It's been a, a good ride, but uh, ready to watch some footy this weekend, but to see those teams at the top uh you know, really have a crack towards that Hilux. And I know we've got a bit of a segment planned later for the, the guys in the Pod Pod Challenge. Absolutely looking forward to that without giving away too much, of course. A nice little teaser there from Holmesy. Over to Harmy, though, who, you know, must be must be said he must be struggling a little bit after seeing his bombers go down by a monumental margin on the weekend. Harmy, how are you holding up, mate? Oh, look... It was a bit of a nightmare to watch that and a nightmare to watch some of my fantasy team on the weekend, uh, Dospi Lestier. But anyway, I still put, a, still put two points uh, on Louis, caught up two points, <laughs> valuable in my chase. So two, four, five, seven I got for the the round, which actually put me out 200 positions. So three, six, three, seven, my overall rank at the moment. So uh, yeah, man, there was some hard things to watch, including turning the TV off three times, uh, trying to catch a bit of the Bombers game, but turning it off in disgust. All right, and, and over to me as well, my score this week... Just a 23.92 for old Dossie as he continues to just edge inside the top 20K, 19,919, keeping the dream of the Lux alive for one more week. Can he make it? Will the dream, will the prophecy be fulfilled with one week remaining? I've only got 19,918 spots to make up, boys. So, uh, look, it's going to be a good fight for the last week. Let's get into some positives and negatives for the round in our Lux or Sucks, starting with the Lux. You know the Lux is mine from the start. All right, Louis, over to you. A bit of a positive for the round for you. Who gets your lux for the week? The lux will be mine next week, but who gets your lux this week? 
Yeah, I'll give it to a guy brought in through the bye period, I believe, and that was Andrew Brayshaw in a bit of a tough matchup versus Port Adelaide. Uh, ended up notching up, uh, I think it was 119, which was his third highest score uh, since pre-bye. So, little tip of the cap to him, uh, probably not something I expected versus Port, but uh, also probably a guy that we might be highlighting for the following week too. But uh, for this week, my lux goes to Andrew Brayshaw. Over to you, Holmesy. Who have you got for us for your lux for the week? Yeah, my, it's a bit of an interesting one. I'm actually going to give my lux and my sucks to this player, but we'll start with the lux, Ooh. and that's going to LDU for being the laid out and allowing me to go down to Adam Trelaw. Uh, 147 wow. was uh, probably the, the best trade I've pulled all year, so that was a, a good way to kick off Sunday. Yeah, beautiful. How, how, how late was that LDU out? Because I, I yeah, saw it after the fact. I didn't have him, but uh, it was it was pretty close to the game, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly because I was yeah. actually at swimming lessons. But all I do know is I got back home from swimming with about 10 minutes before the game and, and <laughs> had to think pretty quickly on my feet. So, yeah, it worked out well in the end. Yeah, I think he did that a couple of weeks ago oh, he, as well. He's he? the king of the laid out, old LDU. I think he did it in the, he did it um on in one of the early rounds this year and cost a lot of people a donut on field. That was a bit earlier before tip off, I think. I saw it as well, just in the change rooms before footy, quickly made the swing, just chucked him on the bench, didn't bother trading. But um yeah, look, it's a concern with LDU. The the injuries just continually piling up and he tends to be a player that we have to trade a couple of times a year if you want to jump on and, and yeah, it's it's jumping on that hot streak. But Adam Trelaw Funnily enough, we didn't. Don't think we heard Holmesy spoken him on on the show uh, last week. Though seems like a bit of a um, a curveball there, Holmesy, and not letting our listeners know that one. Well, nah. To be honest, Doss, I hadn't really considered him because the well, my player that I'm going to get to for the sucks later on, he was going for me all week, and I had no DPP, so I had to bring in a forward. It, I essentially just had to, uh, as Louis likes to say, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. So that's that's the reason, but. We all knew he was going to be big against the Eagles with um uh, with Liber out, so I just took the punt with limited cash. Love it. All right, Harmy, over to you. Lux for the week. My Lux. Uh, look, I think I might. Yeah, I might throw it to Sam Flanders. He's just been amazing since I traded him in. He has got an awesome fantasy game, and. Um, yeah, I might sort of keep an eye on him next year even as well. So, yeah, my forward line, Sam Flanders, 125 um, he put up when uh, you had uh, Noah Anderson and Matt Rao could only salvage a mid-80 score. He's just laughing at him. Yeah, no, he, he was, he's been awesome. And, and even actually a drop, we were talking a bit pre-show, um, you guys were sort of wondering how he's going. And the, the centre bouncers weren't even there for Sam Flanders this week. So six centre bouncers only, and they chucked uh, my boy Fairini back in, inside, but it didn't stop his scoring. So seemingly a bit of maybe that golden about him. We mentioned the thirst, observable thirst power rankings the other week, and maybe Sammy Flanders on his way in due to that thirst on the ball. Um, I'm going to go... Just a special mention to our listeners for flagging Luke Ryan and his thirst, um, talking about thirst the other week, because he got 122 for me. I backed in the listeners. I don't have much left going for my season, so went went for that one. And 122 in the back line, he, he certainly demanded the pill back there in their matchup. But I will give it to the Bont after um, bringing him in for the first time this year, 
paid the million bucks, um, was very worried in the group chat at I think it was half time <laughs> when he was on a, he was on thirty seven at half time and uh, finished on one hundred and forty. So one hundred and three points second half for the Bont had the C on him there. So he's got to earn my lux responding to that half time pessimism there. All right, let's get into our sucks for the week. <laughs> And yeah, you did have a good whinge on that Bont uh, score at halftime, Dossie. I made sure to remind you that uh, he did okay in the end. But my sucks probably goes to Jaden Short. Uh, gets the 74 versus North. I think I traded him two weeks ago when Dan Rioli uh, pinged a little bit of an ankle. He's been playing, but I thought he might be a bit sore and maybe Short will come in and play a bit more of a, a prominent role. And uh, it just hasn't come to fruition. He's been back there, but... I mean, even watching watching him on the weekend, there were three separate times uh, in the first half where he didn't step out of the square, which is mm, just, no good. as a fantasy coach, just sends you absolutely crazy. Um, so, yeah, I think Jaden Short, especially considering the matchup, has to get that one there. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Sucks for the week there. How about you, Holmesy? Yeah, so my sucks is going to go to the same player, LDU. Uh as good as it was being able to trade LDU to Adam Trelaw, I wasn't able to enjoy it knowing that I had a Jack McRae 51 on my oh, field. So, no. all all week uh, he was going up to, to Goulden. Like I said, I'd saved my pennies up. I'd been working hard to make sure I had enough money to get him up to Goulden. And unfortunately, with uh, LDU being that laid out, it meant I couldn't really do anything with McRae on the other end of that Trelaw trade, which meant uh, he held for me. Uh, he had some CBAs, but he got subbed on 51. So, boys, we love McRae. He's been fantastic for us over the years. He's been a, a real big part of me winning two hats, and I'm sure he was for you as well, Harmy. So, Louie, I'm going to let you borrow one of mine, and Harmy, chuck yours over to Dossie. We're just going to put our hats out for McRae. Um, he's done. He'll be in the VFL next year, and if anyone mentions his name on the pod in the preseason, I'll be walking off. So, McRae, you'll be going for me this week. Bar any uh, forced trades and uh, I won't be having you again. <laughs> wow. Don't want to be hearing uh, any McRae in 2024 unless it starts with Finn. Yeah, yeah. Big Finlay McRae. Love love a bit of Finn action. No, uh, that's that's a bold call from Holmesy. I think a bit, bit butthurt there, a bit salty. I don't know if he'll, he'll stick to that forever. You reckon the VFL, maybe he's finding his way to another team and we can look at him again in some different colours, uh, Holmesy, but that's a bold statement. We'll have to hold you to that in 2024, I think. Well, the evidence is there, right? Mitch Wallace was the vice captain and, and he got retired, basically couldn't crack back in. So who knows? Who knows what will happen with McRae, but you can't be picking him next year if he's a forward in that side because he just doesn't doesn't have the scoring. We've seen some hot runs of form from him, but you'd think it's only going to go down from here, so he won't be someone I'm considering. Bit of Ryan Griffin about him, maybe, Holmesy. Yeah, could be. All right, Harmy, your sucks for the week. Oh, well. Then it goes to Luke Beveridge for single-handedly <laughs> destroying one of the greatest fantasy scorers that we have seen, that I have held for the last 23 weeks. <laughs> the yeah. same as Hobesy. So yeah. I'm almost shedding a tear at the moment. <laughs> oh, it's, it's he's, he's probably ruined Harley Reid for next year as well, <laughs> Evo. <laughs> It's, uh, it's been a distraught year for McRae owners, and I think every one of us on this show... Has owned him at one point or another. Um, 
I'll get to my sucks. I'm just going to go with James Sicily because aside from a, a big 160 and, yes, a 120, there was a couple of good scores in there. I just wanted some consistency from the great man down back. Up against Melbourne, you th- would have thought a pretty easy matchup. Uh, just get 78 points. Coming off 84 against a juicy matchup against the Dogs the week before as well. So um, a guy that I thought was really going to be a must-have I'd say on the run home, really thought he could push 115 like he did last year on the run home. He was just obliterating opponents. Um, seemingly has the role and stuff back there, but I think maybe Will Day getting back and stealing a few of his a bit of that pill is hurting a bit. Louis, you have a, oh, you both, there's yeah, a few hands ja- going up. Jakey there. Melksham gave him oh, a bit okay. of attention on the weekend. The so that sort of throttled Former him. Bombers legend. Very difficult matchup. Mm. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> you got a ton up against Melksham. I mean, come on now. Can't use that as an excuse, so he still gets my yeah, sucks of the week. Ford did it, so. Mm, he still gets my sucks of the week. Well, that's it. Like, if you're taggable, you, that's so annoying as a fantasy owner, and he's proven now to be taggable, which means he'll keep copping it um, in his future. So he's another one that can have some massive ceiling scores but is a risk on the tag front going forward. All right, let's just quickly recap a little thing before we go to our few segments that we've got lined up tonight. So Content Creators Cup, a final update. Um, Mitch won that as well from the Ball Boys Fantasy Pod. So he took out Guesty, which that's that's some uh, that's a pretty solid uh, result there. I think we didn't want Guesty winning his own competition. So Tim Guest eliminated in the grand final. Mitchmond got the dubs there. That's been a bit of good fun um, for the season. So thanks to those guys and looking forward to seeing where that money goes to charity. Um, I reckon it's been worth the weekly text messages I now get from Guesty for financial advice there. So um, definitely worthwhile. And uh, we'll move on to our pod pod challenge update as well. Stato, of course, not on board tonight. Uh, the great man had some work to do, but um, I'll give his pod pod challenge update. So 28 coaches in the top 100 heading into the final week, three inside the top 10. And um, look, we're going to do a fun little exercise tonight where we are going to be taking over the top four teams from the Pod Pod Challenge and making their trades for them. So um, each of us have been allocated a team. Um, we do want to do, do some serious um, – I think Holmesy is going to be doing our little disclaimer. So not legal advice, not not solid advice for you guys to be making those trades, but just a bit of a fun exercise. Obviously, we're not in the hunt, but we're going to be seeing what we can do if we've got these teams um, in our control. But let's get to some hot topics first before we jump into that. And we'll end with our listener questions as well. But hot topics, just a quick touch on uh, Dimmer getting announced as the Gold Coast Suns coach today. Uh, Holmesy, fantasy implications for next year could be dire considering uh, the, the Tigers' game plan of old. Yeah, well, what have we we've seen from the Tigers in the past? They've generally had a midfielder that's that's gone all right when you know Dusty was at his prime, but generally a lot of role players. So I'm not sure what that means for your Noel Anderson, Matt Rouse, and even you took Millers moving forward. We have seen a bit of a fantasy role off the half-back line with your Jaden Shorts and your, your Batcher Hooley. So maybe there might be something there. Who knows? But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how he takes over that list. But uh, I think it was Louis saying pre-show that uh, Dimmer's come, ra- come out and said that basically 80% of their next premiership is already on the list, which means that he, he clearly thinks that they're probably in the hunt and closer than what we think, which means that, you know, maybe it took Miller, someone that we thought might get phased out a little bit for these younger midfielders might be able to continue to play a prominent role for for us moving forward. So I think that's probably a, a big one to earmark for 2024. 
Yeah, it's a good call. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but time will tell and something to watch for our 2024 planning, which I know Louis in particular is uh, very deep in the weeds on already, getting his spreadsheets out as he always does months in advance. Um, I just wanted to talk about another moment, which obviously we, as Stato flagged with us last week, we don't want to spend time on real footy. This is a show about fantasy. I just wanted to mention quickly the Crows robbed moment, but what it would mean from a fantasy perspective, Louis, because I know on this very show last week, we mentioned how perhaps the, the Tex Walker, um, you know, finale game against West Coast could maybe not be the fruitful thing we were expecting because the Crows were in the hunt to make the finals and, and it was a must-win game. They weren't going to be feeding him. Now, due to this robbery, they're not going to make finals. And, and do they just feed Tex to get that Coleman if they possibly can? Well, first off, that bowl clearly hit the post. Uh, <laughs> Crows as missing finals a, oh on their own volition he's there. A poor, he's a poor <laughs> no. fan, folks. This is a, you've got to disclaim that. Uh, look, I, I think it's still okay for Tex. I think uh, the Crows are going to want to save a little bit of face, so to speak. I think Tex has had a fantastic season. He's eyeing off all Australian as well. I think um, he might be a little bit too far away from the Coleman, yep. but I'm sure he's going to give it a crack. And I, I just can see the Crows boys uh, with not having to necessarily worry about getting the big W, uh, even though I'm sure they will versus the Eagles. Um, I, I still think that uh, Tex will be able to capitalise and get, you know, five, six, seven goals. I'm not sure it'll be 10, but I think that Adelaide will still feed him and, and put him towards a pretty uh, reputable score. That being said, I think there's a lot more danger and a, a bit more hesitance over a move like that than the, what there was probably a fortnight ago when Adelaide were looking at making finals and that might have been a big sort of percentage boost for the club. Just for a bit of context there as well, um, West Coast Adelaide are playing on the Saturday night, 7.40, Tex is eight goals shy of Coleman at the moment, 75 goals for Charlie Kerno. He's on 67. And then Carlton plays Sunday night. So do they try and get him 10, get 10 goals? He's up against GWS, Charlie Kerno. He's got a tough assignment himself. Tell you what, the 10 snags could be on the on the cards here, Lou. So, just 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 something to be flagged. Well, they'll be peppering the goals. And for that reason, I think that it'll be somebody down that same end of the ground who will actually capitalise on the points and, and be the top scorer of that game. I, I think Shannon Hearn, if he's named, could just have an absolute day out. And he was probably the one that we first flagged about eight weeks ago. All right, interesting call there from Lou. Uh, let's talk about a guy that has captured the AFL landscape by storm in the last few weeks and certainly annoying fantasy coaches, Harmy. Finn McGuinness has become a clamp god. Uh, he's got Fremantle this week and he's obviously just coming off having a day out, sp spending some time in uh, Clayton Oliver's pocket there, it's limiting him to – what did he score in there? And let's have a look. It was a measly 66 touches. points. Yeah, 14 <laughs> touches, 66 fantasy points. Harmy, if you're a Sarong or an Andrew Brayshaw owner, you would be pretty nervous. Oh, and I am both. So a nervous <laughs> – well, if I was competing. But most of the teams at the top do have both of them. So it'll be interesting to see whether some of them jump off. But – I've got an opinion on this one, but Holmesy, you're a free man, aren't you? Which one would you tag? If you had to shut a player out that he's going to turn the game, which one would you go to and tag? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think this year the, they've shown that they're they're more than happy to go to Sarong. 
uh, shutting out that more inside player. You'd think that McGuinness suits more of an Andy Brayshaw type, who's more of an aerobic beast on the outside, uh, which we thought was more of McGuinness's go, but he's gone purely on the inside against Clary on the weekend, which shows that he can go to Sarong. So, I, mate, it's 50-50, and I'm actually really excited to see how this plays out because it can be the difference for those teams competing up the top. Yeah, it will be interesting, won't it, um, to see whether people jump off and take the punt uh, on which one it's going to be. But for me, if, if I was sort of um, uh, coaching against Frio, I'd be tagging Andy Brayshaw. I just re- – like, watching the way he plays, um, he sort of works into space so well that you could potentially, you know, slow a bit of that down, those marks that he gets. But he's the one that I would stop if I was um, picking someone to tag. But, yeah, I'll, I've got both and I'll probably hold both. I reckon they'll go to Sarong. <laughs> so there's, there's another different uh, opinion. 11 clearances oh, on the weekend. Um, Lou, who him. would you tag, Sarong or Brayshaw? Uh, it's a good question. Um, I think, oh, geez, mate, because these two, their sort of narrative around this season has been that one's good when the other's getting tagged for a couple of weeks and then the other one sort of, pops and it and it rotates a bit i tend to think that brayshaw in the last two matchups versus the hawks has absolutely carved these guys apart finn mcginnis hasn't played in those two games and i think that um sam mitchell might have a bit of a longer memory and maybe just circle that when it comes to uh, reviewing those games and i think for that reason brayshaw probably gets it uh that so being said i think so- Brayshaw again, but yeah, that, that being said, I think that Sarong's probably been a bit more effective and I wouldn't be surprised to see it go to him either, uh, especially based on the fact that we saw Finn go to a similar type player, uh, powerful type player like Clayton Oliver last week. All right, and this is a final little hot topic I've added before we get into our segments. Now, I'm just going to read out on, um, look, on DFS Australia, they've got their defense versus position Matchup data. I'm going to go off the last five games played. So, lads, just get ready for a few matchup based questions here. But um, I'm just going to read through some of the best matchups according to the data in the last five. And I want to, t- I want you guys to kind of go tell me one by one, maybe a player that you could consider bringing in based on this data, or if it's not worthwhile. Let's start with, of course, the West Coast Eagles. So we've got key forwards just absolutely killing them, and general forwards killing them also. The rucks destroying them. Aside from Tex this week, is there anyone else you'd be interested in Harmy on that matchup? Oh, if you were um, if you were short on money, I'd potentially look at uh, Matt Crouch. Even though I said a few weeks ago he's a bit of a plotter, I just think that um, their season's done now. So maybe Rory Laird takes a bit of a back step and he has a good role. All right, so inside mids, negative one uh, by average against West Coast Eagles. So not one of the matchup data things I was talking about, Harmy, but um, interesting take. I do respect that from you going against the grain. Uh, Lou, how about Western Bulldogs? They are one of the easiest teams to score against for general defenders and also for key forwards. So any thoughts there? Would you be willing to take a defender or a forward against the Dogs this week as as a smash play in your final round? Yeah, there's probably not too many to choose from there. Uh, none of the defenders at Geelong are uh, key defenders anyway, are particularly damaging uh, in Still terms worse. of fantasy scoring. And then up forward, you've got obviously Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins. One of those could easily get off the leash. So you're probably looking at one of those two out of the lot, I think. 
All right. Looking, I mean, the Saints, we know, have been giving up a lot of points to defenders. They have been a little bit stingier in recent times, but they gave up a fair bit on the weekend, obviously aside to one of those matchups in Jaden Shaw. But is there any St. Kilda players coming up against St. Kilda, sorry, which would be the Brisbane Lions? Probably not, Holmesy? Oh, you might be looking at a Kitty Coleman, but you'd be a brave coach to bring him in at this time of the year. I think we'd, we're looking past those type of players for round 24, but he's the only really one I think that would get off the chain. All right. And then I'll just go to another one of the major matchups. This is the, the other one that really stands off the page, I would say, is defenders, wing defenders, that is according to their data here, against Essendon. So they're performing 60% better against Essendon. Um, is there any defenders that you could see and you could even loop them on on the Friday night, but it is Collingwood that is the team Wing up defenders, against them. Josh Dacos. Yeah. Josh Dacos. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the obvious one. Jeez, I actually really like that. Okay, good call. All right, that was a little matchup data for you. Dossie, I don't think, but I mean, Dossie before we move on, mate, I've got another mm-hmm. hot topic for you, mate. Just released okay. on Twitter a while ago. Talk of a... Cats putting the cue in the rack this week and no Tom Hawkins or Jezza Cameron. You're a bit nervous, mate? How's that Lux chase going to go without Jezza Cameron? Nah, look, he sat on the bench this week. He was a loophole option for me. And yeah, I've already, I already saw that the other day. I think he's like coming in for some sort of surgery or something. They're talking about that, getting him in early. Yeah, very good, Holmesy. Smile on your face as always when Dossie's in the, in the doom and gloom. But uh, fair enough. I also just, just quickly, listeners as well, it would be good. DFS Australia, as I said, the the DVP data. If you go check that out, and also look at the um, the tough matchups as well, which um, could give you an inclination as to who to trade out. So, um, speaking of Hawthorne, we said they're stingy. Hawthorne and Adelaide, the stingiest in the last five games for inside mids. Obviously, not too many people with West Coast mids this year, but of course, thirty eight percent worse against Hawthorne are um, inside midfielders. So we'll move on from that topic though, lads, and we're getting into something a little bit exciting that Harmy has brought to the table that we want to be talking about. So when we take taken over the top four performing coaches in our Pod Pod Challenge. Now, um, Harmy, being the, the generous man that he is, gave himself the number one uh, coach, followed by- Well, you Holmes. have to have been there- to understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, that's true. Yeah, you, yourself winning and, two uh, hats. And, yeah, uh, just before we start, Dossie, just remember, this is not financial advice. <laughs> yeah. Please consult coaches that actually know what they're talking about. We're in no state to be giving real advice. So, please just take it with a grain of salt. Moving yeah, on. Um, a massive grain of salt, especially my <laughs> my decisions for the coach, that I, the poor coach that's caught me. All right, so let's go through. Um, we're going to each take a team. And do we want to go t- bottom to top or top to bottom? Which way do you guys want to go? Go bottom up. I'll go, Dossie. All right, so that's Dossie. That's uh, Dossie to kick things off. So um, lucky, lucky position 11th currently is 10's Titans. Now, um, surprisingly enough for old Tense Titans, must have dropped a little bit this week because I actually outscored him by 30 points this week. So, um, a shocking round for poor Tez, uh, poor Tense Titans. But look, I'm going to help him out and get you back on the track for that Lux, even though oh, we are competing for the same one. Um, he's ranked currently 11th, uh, 117,000 in the bank, according to this, heading into round 24. Now, my advice to him, 
He's he's got a pretty solid backline. Dawson, Sicily, Doc, Sinclair, Jaden Short, Sheasel, and Stewart back there. So um, I'm thinking a bit of a DPP switch. I've got Luke Jackson, who he's got up forward. He's got all the other key um, gun forwards that he needs. I've got Luke Jackson going out for him. Um, look, he's up against that Hawthorne matchup against the Rucks, which has been pretty tough. Honestly, he didn't have a great game on the weekend. It was pretty tough for him to get his hands on the pill. I don't know how he's going to go against this Hawthorne matchup, which um, they have been restrictive. They are tough in the ruck. They've got the big unit in there, Reevesy. So I'm just going to give him a little bit of a trade out. Popping Sheasel forward from his back line, he's going to want to play Stewart versus the Dogs. As we said, that's a very nice matchup. And then I'm also dumping Wanganeen Millerer, who he's got currently in his midfield in a tough matchup versus the Lions. And uh, the two guys that I'm considering for him to bring in, one of them might you might consider loose, but I actually really like this matchup in the last round versus North Melbourne. Why not bring in some Sammy Flanders action against that, that juicy matchup? Coming off 125, I actually like him in an outside role, that mix of inside-outside that we've seen Goulden just explode. He's got the incentive to perform well in front of the new coach, Dimmer, on the weekend. Obviously, he won't take the reins, I'm assuming, till next year, but good to get in early and get yourself a big, big performance off the gates. And uh, for the other trade-in, let's have a think. Maybe Sammy Flanders can rest there and we can bring in someone like a Texan um, up forward and do some DPP action. How about that? Taylor Walker and Sam Flanders for my two trade-ins. Stuff it. Going all out to get that Lux for my boy here, Tens Titans. Please note that disclaimer at the start. Let's get on to third overall. Uh, any any changes there, by the way, boys? Let's throw it around. No, you've done well, Dossie. I lost interest after about five minutes, Dossie. Sorry, mate. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Lou, you take it away then. Do your bloody team, <laughs> your dog. Stuff you. <laughs> Uh, who, who do I have? I've got Bindi's Blues. So, uh, obviously, DT Bindi on Twitter. It's going to be a tough one. What do you tell the man who knows it all? Obviously, a very good coach and I'd be uh, I'd be backing himself in over me. But just having a look over his team, I think the ones that stand out immediately are Luke Jackson and Noah Anderson and the fact that Zach Butters in the forward line. So, I think what I would do is I'd have a look at changing Nanders, who's fairly unique and hasn't really been performing the last couple of weeks, and I'd move either a Jordan Dawson or a Sam Doherty or a Jack Sinclair into my midfield and put Hearn down back. Wow. I think Hearn might be good for a 120-plus if he's named. Uh, and then I'd be addressing Jackson, and I'd be moving Jackson from the forward line. I'd be using Butters, who's already in the midfield, and I'd be bringing in either a Clayton Oliver, who he should be able to comfortably afford, or uh, somebody who he also rates. Maybe it could be an Adam Trelaw, who's about 100k less, but uh, I still think that's probably the main avenues I'd be looking at. But um, yeah, obviously, rank five, it's a pretty good team. It's a pretty hard team to poke any holes in at all. Are you worried at all, given we just saw, and also get get well soon to old Zebel, but um, that's a shocking incident that happened to him apparently after his um, after his retirement game. But are you worried at all considering we were kind of expecting him to have every every kick-in, every roll possible? He, he actually took the least kick-ins um, with like three kick-ins versus six for Sheasel, four for Aiden Core on the weekend, and even Bailey Scott got more than him. Would have thought that, uh, 
you know, do the same as probably what you're expecting for Hearn. No concerns there? You reckon they'll just feed the ball to Herney down there? Oh, I don't think you can draw any conclusions just from that. So, yeah, I'm going to back in Hearn at Optus in front of the West Coast crowd to, to really get behind him and hopefully put up a big ceiling. All right, Holmesy. Um, this is real advice that they should heed. So, what have you got? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Thanks, Dossie. So, I've got Jono's team. Uh, love it first. Lance. Now, he's got the Brayshaw Sarong double in the midfield. Um, very likely that one of those guys is going to get tagged. Um, so, whether you jump off one of those, just do a downgrade on the bench to jump off one of those guys and, and to get that midfielder that you really want, whether it's a Clary Oliver or someone along those lines. But I think where I'm I'm looking to go, if I was in his shoes, uh, Jaden Short is the one that sticks out for me after his um, sub-pass score on the weekend. And he does have Port Adelaide in Port Adelaide, which we know is a tough matchup at the best of times, let alone for defenders. So I think what I would be doing, once again, not advice, but I would be just doing a simple downgrade upgrade this week, whether it's trading out... Um, Nankervis or Robertson on the bench and I would be going Jaden Short up to your boy Dossie I'd be going up to Luke Ryan and really chasing that ceiling against Hawthorne um, on that whenever they play on Sunday Hawthorne are actually one of the easiest matchups for defenders he's been in some good form um, 89% of defenders have been going above their average against Hawthorne over the last five weeks and I think Luke Ryan could be in for a massive game so I think uh, a ceiling game's on the cards yeah, I, I really like that. And I think what's helping him as well, which I kind of mentioned, uh, it was obviously the, the listeners flagging that observable thirst from Luke Ryan. But the other thing was Hayden Young. Obviously, he's now a midfielder. Um, he had the second most centre bounce attendances again um, behind Sarong, even more than than Brayshaw on the weekend. He's laying tackles in there, which I, I didn't see him scoring, getting his score build up via tackles. But look, it's leaving all those juicy kick-ins for Luke Ryan and, and a bunch of plus six action down back. So definitely like him as a point of difference in round 24 as well and definitely got that high ceiling. We've seen him hit it multiple times this year. It's kind of that all or nothing play, but is that what you're kind of going at, Holmesy? This this coach, you didn't mention where he's ranked, so he's always been up there. We've heard from yeah, Jono multiple times. He's, um, he's sitting ninth. eighth. Yeah, eighth, eighth overall. Bindi was uh, ninth, actually. So Yeah, um, there you the go. Top, so, yeah, that's yeah. what you want, Dossie. You want... Hate bringing it back to this because it was Harmy on the on the end of it, but the the Jeremy Cameron type play where you just really chase that high ceiling in the last game to to make up some serious points where other coaches aren't doing it, and and Luke Ryan fits in that mould perfectly. You could look at a Sheezel as well against Gold Coast down in North Melbourne, but he's had some fifties and sixties, so you just he's been a bit up and down. I think Luke Ryan's going to have the safer floor with the higher ceiling potentially. What do you, do you reckon? Um you know, like obviously I reckon Tex has been the talk of town for the last few weeks. Do you think a lot of coaches do it given what we saw? Unfortunately, Harmy, you were on the back end of, of Jezza. Do you still think he'll be a point of difference? Like, you know, for the safety factor and the risk factor, Harmy heading into round 24? Yeah, I actually don't reckon that many people are going to go for it. You can't get a Coleman. Um, like Charlie Kerno's got it in my opinion. So... They could try and feed him. The, uh, the only reason I'd probably be a bit more keen is if McGovern actually misses because his shoulder is, uh, he got a knock on his shoulder, it's kind of sore, but he still did pretty well to punch a ball about 30 metres away in the last two minutes of the game. So hope he might get up and play. Yeah, especially if Herney does play that retirement farewell game. 
expect McGovern to be alongside him. All right, um, let's move into Harmy, who's got the most pressure of all. He is, for the moment, for the next few minutes, the coach of No Haynes, No Gain. That's Michael in the Pod Pod Challenge, currently coming fifth overall with a fantastic squad. He's got 173K in the bank, if you don't mind as well. Massive team value. How what much? have you got for us, Harmy? 173K in the bank. 173. 173. Ooh, nice. All right. Well, first of all, well done, Michael. Sitting in fifth place. I remember in 2017 when I was sitting in fifth place uh, in the last round. And I think I finished in sixth. So I'm probably not the best uh, <laughs> blueprint to go off here. But I, I um, threw a couple of things out there and had a bit of a dip and see how I could go. But um, depends how safe you want to play. So anyway, yeah, well done, Michael. Awesome stuff. But I reckon, having a look at it, I reckon you can get to third. Top two out of the uh, out of the equation oh, probably. But geez, with 170,000. Hey? Bad luck, Michael. No luck oh, for you, well. mate. Army's ruled him out. Bloody well. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get him on the podium, hey? Let's get him to third because how many points he's got to make up about 60 points. So that's doable. We can do that. First one I want to go for is Harry Sheasel. I think he's going to have a really good game down in Hobart um, without Zebel, no haul, chipping around the back line. So we'll spend 60,000 there and we'll go Jaden Short to. Harry Sheasel, and then in his forward line, who's he missing? He's got Dunkley, because he's got Jackson in the forward line, so there must be one that he's missing. Let's just have a quick look. Well, he's got Dunks. Oh, I mean, Cogs. It'd be yeah, Cogs. Yeah, hey? the one. Or Sam Flanders, oh. you might say. I do like Flanders. Mm. Tex. Man. Pressure's on, isn't it? Look, there's a few vulnerable people. I'll just th- throw some names out there. Doherty, I still uh, I reckon he's um, not 100%, okay? And the Blues, they potentially resting through a bit. Petrarca, I didn't really like his role. Sat forward almost all of the um, game the other day, so question mark on him. And Jackson up against the Hawks, I think probably a little bit of a question mark there too. So um, who do we go? Geez, maybe it's Petrarca to Tom Green. But then we didn't spend all the money, did we? Or Doherty. Tough Doherty matchup out, against so. Carlton. Harmy, you reckon there's a ceiling game there for Tom Green with that tough game against Carlton? Uh, good for inside mid, so he'd be around the ball. He's um, also got, just quietly, he's also got, as you said, most a lot of top coaches do. He does have Sarong and Brayshaw in that midfield if you wanted to um, punt one for the Finn McGuinness factor. Let's have a look. Who would he go to? Clayton Oliver, you reckon, against Sydney. Mm. Probably got Mills running with him, doesn't he? So yeah, this is a great segment, Harmy. This is your. This is on you, mate. Yeah, oh, it is. Oh, look, I'll have to send him a message later. I can't work it out <laughs> oh in five minutes, Dossie. <laughs> you came up with the segment. All right, <laughs> Harmy's well, you the only it one on that me in the last minute. I thought I was taking the number one overall. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what would you do with the number one overall then, Harmy? Sabotage him. <laughs> By the sounds of it. Pod Pod listeners <laughs> climb the Training ranks. Fiorini. No. No. Harry Dow's been um, good. He doesn't have Harry Sheasel either. He, I think it, he's, he's just the one I would go for for both those guys. 
Chisel. Okay. What about um, some VCs and Cs for the lads? Do we? What do we think this week? Just in general, let's just give a bit of a VCC of the most popular kind of players. Holmesy, throwing it to you, mate. Is there any kind of thing that you've got in your mind for your VC and C this week? Just because it is the the big one, the big granny. Oh, you can't really go away from what the Ruckman are doing at the moment, can you, Dossie? Uh, I know Tim English has a ruckless Geelong on the weekend, um, and it's already been stated that we don't think Geelong are going to put out much of a team on the weekend. So I think I haven't looked at when they play, but you'd have to think uh, either the VC or C goes to Tim English. Um, and then you have a play around from there, whether or not you need to take a punt to to chase a, a really big ceiling or whether you play it safe. But uh, that's where I'd be looking. These Ruckman have been getting it done for, for a while now. Yeah, fantastic. All right, I think that's good on that front. Let's get to some questions from the listeners after that massive segment. Don't know if we'll ever have that one again, uh, Harmy, but look, thanks for, for bringing it to the attention. And as always, we one final thank you to the Keeper League pod for bringing this show to you all season long. Um, if you are going to sign up in the off-season for some Keeper League stuff, which will obviously include lots of draft fantasy analysis for the upcoming um, draft, including the Harley Reid fantasy stats, use the code PODPOD at sign up for 20% off. The link will be in the description of the podcast, as always. Now, the following questions have been submitted or player requests have been submitted at PODPODAFL on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. And I'll get to as many as we can here. So, we've got a fair few for a final show, I will say. Um, Alex is keen to know about Hearn. Is he he an option or is he mad? Now, Louis talked about him. What do you think, Holmesy? Could Shannon Hearn be the answer in round 24? Oh, he absolutely could be, Doss. Uh, Louis has been spruiking it for a while and and I agree with everything Louis said. If he gets up. Um, they're going to be feeding him left, right, and center, and I think the ball will be down there a lot. So, Eagles played a pretty big game on the weekend to get up over the Bulldogs, and we don't often see these young teams back it up. So, I, it could be a pretty uncompetitive game, which means there'll be plenty of chip-chip around that back line. So, yeah, he's absolutely a great option if he's named. Took Miller, Louis, thoughts on him? This one from Lockie. Yeah, he's playing too accountable at the moment, uh, which I think is going to increase his volatility in terms of scoring. So, I'm not sure who the Suns have next They've week. They've got Dossie, North, you have that so it'll be North LDU Melbourne. if he so plays. So, maybe an LDU if, he plays, if he's yeah. playing. But, yeah, so it's a nice matchup. And, uh, well, maybe that's a little sleeper uh, sort yeah. of premium that could pop you a nice one. But I just think based on the last four weeks of data that I just steer clear of Tuke. Not because he's not a star, but just because that recently he's been playing a bit of a funny role and it's just not conducive of fantasy scoring. All right. Adrian here is asking, he wants to know, sum up the best targets for this one week, regardless of price or position. He wants some sort of a top 10. I think we've gone through a few pods already. I'll just recap some of them. And then maybe if you guys just chime in a couple more, we're not going to do them in order or anything, but Sheasel clearly one that Harmy says, and a lot of coaches actually jumped off, including myself. He's just come back to some ripping form again. Uh, Luke Ryan, we mentioned him. Tex Walker, the sneaky one, if you think he can get a bag for his Coleman. Is there any other kind of names? Tom Green's back in some form, probably um, dropped off a fair few few coaches. I'd like uh, Zach Merritt against Collingwood. I don't think that – I think that Sicily will be all right uh, against the Dockers. English and Bond, both of them, 
I like Butters coming home on the Sunday yeah, against uh, Richmond with a chance at a Brownlow, and I don't mind the idea of Errol Goulden against Melbourne as well. What about Adam Trelaw against Geelong? Oh, yeah. Yep, no Libba, um, like you said, potentially going a bit of a weaker Geelong. And, they need um, a big win, don't they? They need dogs? It, yeah. like, They need a big win. So, yeah, they should be going all out in that game. Oh, Bont, Bont's going to go nuts. That's, That's the obvious captain for me, I think, this week. Well, I'll probably VC him, like on the off chance that he doesn't go, like if he gets tagged out or whatever, if Atkins runs with him possibly. But I'll probably VC him into maybe Gordon on the Sunday. Holmesy, are we not talking about Trelaw enough again this week? You just mentioned him again. Do you think we should be hyping him up a little bit more? Uh, it will depend on whether Libba comes back in. Dos, like It all just aligned for him last week. Um, Libba will clearly change it as well. But Harmy's right. They they have everything to play for. Um, and we've seen what they've done. And They've been fantasy scorers all year in Geelong. Yeah, they don't have much to play for as well. So I'd, you would have to just go chips in on this Bulldogs midfield this week. All right, hopefully that covers off a fair few targets for you there, Adrian. Um, this one from Ryan Louis. Uh, Toby Green, could he be a point of difference in a must-win game this week for the Giants? Nah. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I think he had nine touches on the weekend, and um, I might know Tactical that because that was the only off. leg that went down for me. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I think he's too much of a, uh impact player, and while he can pop massive scores and be pretty much the best-looking player in the competition. I think at the same time, someone gets on top of him. He's looking at a bit of a lower score. And I think last time he played Carlton, um, I was listening back to the podcast. Dossie, you mentioned that Toby Green only scored like a 65 or something. So uh, if that is to repeat itself in round 24, you, you won't be too happy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think Newman did a pretty good job on him last time and had a fair bit of the pill himself. Um, moving on. So, somebody else is asking here. Who was this? It was Ryan also asked, sorry, any defender under 827K? He's looking at Gus Brayshaw. So, Harmy, do you like Gus Brayshaw? I mean, we've probably thrown out a few. I'm trying to think. I was, I was trying to look at the prices to see if like, I mean, a Shannon Hearn's got to be under that price if you wanted to go that way and go with Louis. Um, is Sheasel still cheap enough? He'd probably be above that. Oh, he is cheaper yeah, than no, that? You still he's get cheaper. a Hayden Young. Yeah, Hayden Young playing in the no, inside. Is he cheap enough? Sheasel, 801. There's another one I was looking at mm. before. Yeah, Hayden Young, 777. Uh, can't quite get to Luke Ryan. Ryan, he can't. He can't quite. He can't get there. Dan, Dan Houston only had a sixty on the weekend, but they no. have Richmond at home. You don't rate a Dan we, Houston. I prefer. No, I, I, by the way, a guy that I forgot a couple of weeks ago. So Andy McGrath, completely and utterly um, no thirst there. Dan Houston, another guy that just he he'll get hundred and fifty one week, and then the next week won't want to go near it. So definitely not on my radar uh, this week. Yeah. Look, against against the Hawks, you could look at Young um, or Whitfield, I reckon, and probably others I'd think about there. Or Duggan against Adelaide. Is it Whitfield who went 190 against Carlton uh, about three seasons back? After he got knocked out that week. After he got knocked out, mm. yeah. All right, there's- so the form's there. It seems that a lot of GWS mids have some good form versus uh, Carlton. Maybe that explains why half of them end up at Carlton, but... Um, there's a few options. John wants to know, could you go Riley O'Brien? Now, hear me out. <laughs> Don't just cut us off there. 
Holmesy, could you go Riley O'Brien as a pod against the Eagles if you don't have English or Marshall? That's tough for old John there, but what do you think, Holmesy? I mean, you could. John presses the buttons. If he really wants to press that button, you could. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be personally, but you'd think he does have a good game this week against the Eagles. Who would it be? Gorn. Hmm? If you could get, if you who, could get who to would, someone, maybe he's cash. No, no, sorry. Who, who would he have in there? It must be Gorn. Yeah. Well, his profile picture is of Max Gorn. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. So, if, it, if it's Gorn, you're, you're probably not trading Gorn to, to O'Brien. No. Uh, I think the only option there is you're going right down, and I'm not sure who you would to, but, um, and making a bit of coin and doing something on the other end. I, I don't think you're touching that now. All right, uh, we've talked about Finn McGuinness. I don't think we need to touch on that again for Regan. Um, Henry, Matt Crouch against the Eagles. Uh, we, I've heard one of the members of the podcast mention his name. It was you, Harmy. Um, lay out the case for him, mate. Uh, I'm not going to because I'd only go there if I was super short on cash. And even then, you'd probably even look at um, Hewitt ahead of him, I reckon, uh, if you're going really someone really cheap. I'll make a case for him. Uh, he's coming out of contract. He wants to obviously continue on his AFL career. He's against one of the worst teams of the modern era uh, at Optus Stadium where there's plenty of space. And uh, I think he might take this opportunity, not as a dead rubber, but maybe as a little bit of a um, stuff you to the Crow staff and maybe even a little bit of a little bit of peacocking to the rest of the competition just to say, you know, I can do this and I can do that. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Crouch pulls one out this week. Yeah, and to add to that, Louis, it's been a bit pretty well documented that Laird's been carrying something for most of the year. Um, Dawson's been dropping back a little bit. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Matt Crouch is really like the number one guy in there in terms of time on ground and 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 uh, being that main guy, so yeah, I actually I actually like him. I picked him up a few weeks ago, and he's been very impressive. And yeah, you're right. He needs to he needs to continue his AFL career, and actually has a lot to play for. There's could a chance I, that Led misses the game. Could Since I? Oh, really? Okay, fair enough. Uh, could I throw one more name out there that hasn't been mentioned so far? A guy that you could even chuck a sneaky VC on if you're that bold. Friday night footy. Um, a man also looking for that contract extension. I don't think he's signed yet. Has he Harmy? Uh Darcy Parrish up for the medal on Friday night. No, there's no medal though. Yeah, it's not the Anzac Day game. But anyway, oh, okay. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. He, has, he hasn't signed. Um, he's playing for his big contract and the Bombers need him, but I'm just not sure how much they are willing to pay. Mm, interesting. All right, closing thoughts, lads. Um, I guess we just want to wish all the listeners out there the whole for the whole season listening um, all the very best for this final round. I know there's a fair few stress coaches out there. Enjoy a few froffies on the weekend, of course, after you've made your trades, and um, we do wish you all the best. But maybe just some closing thoughts from the season from each of you and, and any final messages you want to give our Pod Pod family here. Holmesy, I'll start with you. Yeah, I've... We've been talking a lot about those top coaches, so I'm just going to throw this out to the Pod Pod community. Uh, look, we've had a we've had a ripper year, not from a rankings perspective, but it's been really enjoyable still to rock up here each and every week and just chat about fantasy with you boys. We've we've added Harmy to to the roster, and yeah, we've had such a good year. And thanks to everyone that's been listening, we we plan to go bigger and better in in 2024. And yeah, thanks for coming along for the ride with us. It's been good. 
Lou? Yeah, uh, well, f- yeah. firstly, thanks to all the listeners. I'm assuming we're coming back next week, but uh, yeah. well, still, uh, good luck to everyone out there competing and uh, hope you've enjoyed the year so far. I hope you uh, maybe haven't followed all of our advice this year, but maybe some of it and hopefully some of it was good. But uh, no, appreciations to everyone for listening and uh, to all the coaches competing and to even all the coaches who aren't. Good luck this week and Get creative with it. If you're competing, then have a crack. If you're not competing, then use it as a learning experience and maybe see if it's something you can utilise in another season of fantasy footy. But uh, good on you all and uh, I'll uh, throw it to you, Harmy. Oh, no, yeah. Just, um, well, I guess firstly, thanks to you, Dosby, for all the time and effort that you've put into the podcast for everybody throughout the course of the season. But, yeah, for all those that are competing for the top ten, uh, awesome work. Enjoy it. Try not to stress too much about all the bloody dropped marks that cost you a few points or the freeze against, that sort of thing. And and even those, um, you know, probably what would it be, about 150, 200 people potentially still fighting it out for the 100th spot to get a hat. So all the best. Try and um, take the positives out of it and enjoy it um, as much as you can uh, over the weekend. And if your team doesn't end up being there, it's not the end of the world. You've always got next season. Hey, Dossie. <laughs> and um, you don't forget about some of the coaches just fighting for that top yeah. 20,000 too. There's one yeah, out there out. on the podcast trying really hard, so hopefully he gets there. <laughs> shout out shout out to all the lads out there, Um, yeah, just fighting for that 20K. Hopefully the shadow band's lifted on all you guys as well and you can crack in there. Um, maybe I'll Pretty get sure myself- I won't drop 17,000 spots, thanks, Doss. <laughs> Might have to get myself a custom-made hat, like 19,765 or something. Uh, should be good fun. All right, good luck, everyone. And, yeah, well said, everyone there as well. Thanks, everyone. And we'll, we will do a recap show uh, next week as a little finale and a farewell. Um, but we will. Until then, see you next week. Everyone.